Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly from vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsd.com and joined each week by Mark Craig, uh, Vikings writer and NFL insider for Star Tribune and startribune.com. You know these old faces well, so the, the faces are the same, but the game always changes, right, Mark? Here we are on uh, OTA week. In Minnesota, I guess. I guess it's it's start of OTAs and um, uh, any opening thoughts, brother? Well, to me, the players get younger. I, I don't get older. The players get younger. So, yeah, when they're 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 being born in the two thousands now, it's uh, blows <laughs> you away. Yeah, it's That's... hey Joe, it's it's May what twenty fourth. I mean, of course, the NFL is on everyone's mind, right? Well, not mine. It's Bob Dylan's birthday. He's 82 today. He's another guy like us, you know, one of those old guys. But uh, I, it's 82. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and He's Jim Brown, after... the passing of Jim Brown this week, that was broke yeah. my heart. That's tough. That Yeah, that was a tough deal. I, I always liked Jim Brown. I, I saw never saw him live, of course, but I, uh, you know, grew up. He was in the kind of in the league. Maybe when I was watching football, I can't remember. But you always had an appreciation for him. Nobody, nobody played like him. He was just something else. Sixty-five. It was his last year. So I was, uh, I was six months old when he uh, retired uh, at 28, 29. Wow. It was over. It was over in London, filming the Dirty Dozen, and Art Modell gave him an ultimatum, and Jim said, "See ya." Wow. A guy that goes out on his own terms, I like it. Yeah, I was probably seven years old at the time, but we won't talk about that. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, uh, Vikings had another transaction with Cleveland. Cleveland's becoming uh, Minnesota South. First they take uh, our offensive coordinator, and then they take uh, – they got somebody – they've got a few other players of ours down there. But they Vikings traded Zedaria Smith to Cleveland for uh, basically an improved – you know, salary craps, salary cap space, and uh, improvement in two of their picks. A uh, fifth will go to a sixth will go to a fifth, and a seventh to a sixth or something in successive years. So, what do you think of that, Mark? Is that good news for the uh, old uh, Cleveland Browns? I think you had it right the first time. There was a salary crap move. Uh, <laughs> so they, you know, they basically when they when they brought Zedarius in, I don't think it. I mean, they they. they was a three-year deal, but I think the way that they were shooting for it was a one-year, you know, then they'd probably get out from under it. And as it turned out, he wanted, you know, Zedarius being, you know, turning 31 in September, Zedarius, he sees those 10 sacks as his chance to, you know, get some more money out of the league. You know, maybe this is his last chance to get a, to, to get a deal. So he wasn't going to come here. Uh, he goes to Cleveland. He ends up, they reworked the deal. He gets like another, uh, I think he's supposed to make like 9.4 here. He ends up getting another, uh, you know, two, th- about $2 million, $2.5 million. The Vikings end up paying some of that. The Vikings get, uh, you know, the 2024 and 25 fifth rounders. Cleveland gets a two, 2025 sixth and seventh rounder. Um, this was, you know, the best of a, of a, of a bad situation after his, you know, to me, if you're asking me about how, as a Clevelander, how do I feel? I feel like they've, They've now overpaid for two uh, former Vikings, Dalvin Tomlinson, who I think was, you know, is a good player. And I think he was, he, he was all set to come back here. And I think uh, Cleveland surprised him by giving him a little bit more money than I think he's probably worth. Uh, so you have Dalvin there. Zadarius to me is a guy, he's going to be 31 in September. Uh, he had 10 sacks last year, which I think Cleveland fans are excited about. But to me, but in the eight first and half, half of the year. eight and a half sacks in the first seven games, yeah. one and a, you know, the 10 games where he's dragging along a knee, you know, it was already kind of an injury risk. So to me, he's an older guy, he's an injury risk guy. I hope he does well with Cleveland because, you know, like here with Daniel Hunter, uh, he has Miles Garrett in Cleveland, uh, might even be a better situation in Cleveland because Miles Garrett is comfortable in that defense, whereas, um, the Neil Hunter here was not comfortable until maybe the very end in, in this defense. Uh, so I hope it works out for him in Cleveland. It, it, as far as the, the Vikings are concerned, you know, Davenport 
you know, if he can turn it around and act like a first round draft pick, like he was for the saints, uh, it's not a big loss. You know, uh, yeah, they must have sent film to Cleveland of just those first seven games because he, he wouldn't. He didn't put much on the highlight reel after that. He was definitely. yeah. I mean, he was clearly a different player. <clears throat> I think he still finished, you know, fourth with with pressures and uh, and that. Yeah. But you know, sometimes these pressures are, you know, I I, I question. I mean, I, he, he had a decent season. It would have been nice to see him come back and. and like um, and you're dealing with personalities like Harrison Smith. They got a, they got a pay cut out of Harrison Smith. He comes back. He's going to help them. Uh, Zadarius Smith wasn't going to give him that uh, yeah. and wanted more money. He wanted something else. So that's just was unacceptable. So they, they worked, they did the best uh, they could to uh, move on. They, they got Davenport to replace him. Um, and then they worked and worked and worked and got, got this trade. And so it's the best they could do. Neither one of us are Sally crap guys, but uh, uh, how does that work? Where it, the, he gets Zedarius gets a new contract in Cleveland. You said uh, maybe I misunderstood. You said the Vikings have to pay some of that. That well, they negotiated it. You know, the Browns. I think what happened is, you know, the, the Vikings they get this this cap relief. I, um, you know, they save whatever seven million or whatever it was on on Zedarius for cap relief, which is what they wanted, which is what they need. Yeah. They needed that to sign their first round draft pick. They need that for the extensions that are coming up for uh, Jefferson uh, extension. that's like likely coming up for um, Daniel Hawkinson. So in Hawkinson down the road. um, Mm -hmm. And also when you get to the regular season, you know, it's not the top 51. It's a, it's a, it's the top 53 that count and all the guys on injured reserve. So, you got to have the room for that. So, yeah, uh, it's it's a move that that had to had to be made. Um, speaking of that, you know, just sticking in this vein a little bit, we still got Dalvin Cook hanging out there. Uh, he's on the team as of right now. He's got that bloated contract, so it says the Vikings. Uh, and you mentioned players; they still got to pay. We got Daniel Hunter. He took some stuff his purple stuff off of his Instagram account, you know, whatever that means in this days, didn't show up for OTAs, uh, although they are optional. Um, does do the Vikings have to make a decision on Dalvin cook by June 1st or something like that in order to either save money or just get rid of it? You know, I mean, not take as big of a hit or is, is that coming or are they trying to somehow figure out how to keep him as well? Well, I think they cut it if you do it uh, after June first. I think that's the savings. Uh, oh, okay. So, so, um, yeah. I mean, what they're trying—they're they're trying to give him get get him to take a pay cut. And mm-hmm. in Dalvin's mind, I'm sure it's hey, you know, he knows where his pay cut's going to go. His pay cut's going to go into the pocket of Daniel or go into the pocket of Jefferson. And you know. I mean, he and rightfully so. He th- he sees himself as a great player. He sees himself as some. Hey, this is a, you gave me this money. You know, this is a, even as great as Dalvin is, as good as Dalvin is. This is why I just you you avoid being in a situation where you're you're paying a running back that much money a for your your salary cap, and then when you have to when you inevitably have to get rid of him before the end of his contract, ninety nine percent of the time, then you have dead money. So even if they 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 Move on from him, and I, I can't see him taking a pay cut. So they're not going to be able to trade him. So they'll end up with dead dead money on him, eight million dollars or whatever it is. So you know, you look around the league and you look at what the Pacheco, uh, the Chiefs go out and they get a Pacheco in the seventh round, like ten spots from the, the last pick of the draft. He's a he's a contributor on the as a rookie on a Super Bowl champion, uh, Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, doesn't cost them much, uh, you know, and the fact that they also have um, um, Madison, who's who can start for him, you know, so between, between age, you know, he's going to be 29, uh, uh, Cook, uh, his, his salary cap number, and the fact that, you know, one of this, this team's biggest problems offensively last year was the inability to get a first down on third and short. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin doesn't move the pile. So, 
Uh, yeah, they I mean, they need they need some money, and he's the guy that that they've set themselves up to to be without. So, so yeah, I would imagine he's going to be get going to get cut unless he gets to the end and they realize, hey, if I take a little bit, if I take, you know, at some point, you, you know, you, you're you're you know, what, what's about your um, something about the nose on your face, you know, spite your spy, I don't know, whatever the whatever the cliche is. Face, yeah. yeah, so it's like you know, I, I showed them, but then it's like, hey, well, now I'm not going to get anything. So maybe they, at the at the last eleventh hour they do something, but uh, to me it's like he's he's a logical one. He's the guy that they have uh, the move that they have in their pocket that they're going to move if they if they need to. And he must see that coming, and his is his agent must see that coming. And you know, I mean, I guess they figure they'll they'll get on with somebody else. Maybe they already know that there has been trade talks between the Vikings and other teams that. And the other team knows what's going to happen, that they're going to have to cut him, so they're not going to make a trade. So they're probably just content to do this and not not take a pay cut. But um, it's too bad. This was a uh, – Dalvin was a uh, Spielman contract, wasn't it? He's the one that uh, signed him to this. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that they'll probably move on, as sad as it makes me say. Well, what about Daniel Hunter? He, he didn't show up this week, and – uh, as you uh, know, you sent me his his uh, contract was uh, outdated a long time ago. As soon as it was written, you know. So uh, by saying so, you feel certainly he's justified in crabbing about his pay. But uh, uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think he holds out? Do you think uh, you know what do you think is going to happen? I guess that's the best way to ask it. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a really tricky situation because. You know they need him. I mean he's not a guy like like Dalvin. You know like, I mean as good as Dalvin right. is, you get rid of Dalvin, you got something there, and you don't. But you know Daniel, you know you just can't like say okay, well DJ Warnham's going to line up or Pat Hill's going to or Pat Jones is going to line up and blah blah blah. You know this is a special player. Even you know, I think that you know he might even be a more special player in a defense that isn't so soft uh, schematically and you know uh, yeah so so they they need this guy. But in saying that, how much do you give him? Because, you know, he did prove a little, you know, last year by being able to play, you know, make that year. But, you know, there's still some, you know, he's, he's going to be 29. Uh, there have been injuries. So it's like, I, I feel like what will happen is he'll get an extension. He'll get some money. Uh, but, yeah, this, this has been a contract that he has not liked since heading into the 2018 season. It's when he signed that five-year, seventy-two million-dollar deal, and I've made references a million times. But I was talking to Anthony Barr for a separate story, and Anthony, and it had just happened, and I'm sitting down with Anthony, and Anthony was just like, uh, "said you know," and also Anthony was kind of lining himself up for his deal that he ended up getting. Um, but he was just like, you know, they, you know, they stole, they, they basically they they robbed, you know, Daniel Hunter. And uh, because, you know, he, he, his feeling was that Neil Hunter was was on the way up and he was going to uh, he was going to outdistance that, that contract, which he did immediately because then he had back to back 14 and a half sack seasons. Um, so he's been kind of they've been chasing that contract for for a while now. Last year, they they, you know, pacified him by taking money from this year and giving it to him last year as a guarantee. Uh, so, you know, to me, that the, there's there's a, there's going to be an extension coming. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't, and I think that the, what, you know, and I was talking to Jeff, a lot of what I'm saying, I'm kind of parroting what uh, our buddy, Jeff, uh, Jeff Diamond tell, you know, he's kind of my cap guy that I, you know, I, you know Jeff, I don't understand all this stuff yeah. uh, sometimes. And you know, see, you know, Daniel's cap number is like at 13 now. So I think they can stay at that number um, because then his, um, you bring down his uh, his base, and then uh, you give him a bonus, which you can spread over some years, um, to where it, it the cap doesn't doesn't have to go up. Now uh, Jefferson, obviously, his cap's gonna go up. You know, from what I would imagine, he gets his contract probably before this year. Uh, so there's two two big deals they're looking at that are that are on the front burner. So. You know, getting getting Dalvin Cook situated is going to free up the money to, to to kind of do that, and then also be able to handle uh, the regular season salary cap numbers. Um, question for you: The Vikings had some other player moves this week. They waived 
uh, outside linebacker Kenny WikiLeaks, and they signed they signed uh, rookie wide receiver Lucky Jackson. Um, is is that uh, you know? I mean, Willicky was was going to be he was coming into his fourth season, so I suppose his rookie contract is going to expire. So they were saying, take this money that's uh, a little bit more money you'd have to pay him and avoid that and get a younger guy. Is this a salary cap move or is this just a position move? Because I thought they needed more linebackers and, and they were pretty set at uh, receiver, but you know, what do I know? Well, I mean, this is just a, I mean, he was, you know, he's only $870,000. He wasn't even above the 51 that's counted on the salary mm. cap right now. Uh, th- this is, this is a move that, um, you know, where, you know, this receiver that coming out of the XFL, they like him and they want to put him on the roster and they you know, made a corresponding move was, Hey, <laughs> you know, do we get rid of, uh, well, we don't need him. So, uh, you know, Willikus is a guy that could, I would admit you cut him and he could end up back on the practice squad. He's not in high demand, Joe. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, he would be a guy that, could, could be, come back, practice squad, whatever. <clears throat> but this Jackson is someone clearly that they've, you know, must have liked looking at the XFL. He played <clears throat> played for the D.C. Defenders, had uh, five touchdowns, uh, used to play in the CFL. I think he's uh, 25 years old. But he had a, a big year in, in Western Kentucky, as I'm sure you know, in 2019. Oh, yeah. And, like, 94 catches for 1,100 yards. So Wow. You were probably breaking him down for the uh, your mock draft back then. Yeah, I got I got that written where I forgot to include it. I got a couple more for you to break down, Mark. We got the Vikings also signed fullback Zach Ojili, O J I L E, and offensive lineman Sam Schluter. Uh, Zach come is a. Uh, oh, they both got Minnesota ties. Zach comes from. Uh, well, they both played for the UMD. One of them from Spring Lake uh, Park High School that uh, from Blaine was, was O'Geely. And uh, Schluter attended Mayor Lutheran High School. So what about those dudes? Big name players for him or practice or camp? Well, the, the fullback, uh, that the Zach guy, and I think it's O. You got to remember this when they're introducing the Super Bowl roster here. Uh, O-Z-L. O-Z-O. O-Z-O. Um, looks like J. I yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, he's from Blaine, played at Minnesota Duluth. Um, he was a tight end in college. And that explains, you know, the, the rookie camp that I went and watched. Uh, two things stood out, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Addison down the road, but some, some stuff about Addison, but also this number 31. It looked like a, it looked like 19, you know, 62 and or 67 and Bill Brown going to catching a ball or something. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was just this, this fullback that they kept throwing throwing the ball to. Uh, so he was a tight end in college. Hmm. Um, so I I suppose he impressed him enough in those three days with his catching ability. Uh, they they aren't going to keep two fullbacks, so he's a he's a camp body, maybe a practice squad guy. Because yeah, uh, your buddy um, C.J. Ham will start getting more expensive than. Uh, than a fullback should be, so you got to keep cool. you got to keep churning those fullbacks on the roster, Joe. Apparently, UMD Bulldogs <clears throat> fullbacks they have to keep churning. So. Well, the uh, yeah, uh, so and the other guy is uh, I believe from the University of Minnesota, not Duluth, Twin Cities, Joe. Oops. I believe. So uh, he was on the it was a, a 49ers signed him as an undrafted guy last year. Uh, some time on the Jets practice squad. So Aaron Rodgers must have cut that guy off the practice squad. Uh, and no, I'm kidding. Yes. So, but there, go ahead. Yeah. There, there, there's another guy I was interested. I ended up talking to him, his parents, uh, his college people, uh, this Jackie Chen. He's a, uh, his parents came over from Beijing uh, in 94. Yeah, Jackie, it was Jackie Chen. So, he, except he's a he's a he's a giant man from Pace University in New York, uh, New York City. So, a real fun guy to talk to. It's a I don't know, I think that's coming Sunday's paper, but uh, yeah, was, he was he looked you know he didn't have the body you know, baby fat that you would expect from especially an undrafted lineman. So uh, yeah, kind of cool to see if 
he's only been playing since his sophomore year. He had to trick his mom into uh, into playing football by handing her a permission slip, and she was dead set against football, American football because of concussions and all this. And he worked around it by saying, "Mom, here, uh, there's a field trip that we have to go on. Sign this." So she signed it, and, and then he didn't show up for two weeks after school, and she wanted to know where he was, and he said, "I'm playing football." So, uh, and he, and he ultimately won over his mom, although she's not happy that he made, I don't think she's happy that he made the NFL because she said last year was supposed to be his last year. And I went to every game and, and now here he is still playing. So, Uh-oh. wow. so it's kind of, it's always cool when you see the, the rookie, uh, you know, like the, the under the radar guys, you kind of hope that the, at least this guy would may, maybe make the practice squad. Right. Well, uh, speaking of under, under the radar, that's what we are. Well, I, we're trying not to be because, you know, get this pumped out there. But we're going to take a break right now, go under the radar and uh, reconnoiter, and we'll be back to talk about what's going on out at uh, TCO Performance Center this week and the headlines coming out out there. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, OTA's uh, off-season training. What is it? What does the OTA stand for? This uh, uh, we, we can't tell you that, Joe. Okay, it's um, official. We won't talk. Uh, yeah. Organized organized team activities. Organized team activities. Yes. Over the axis. Over, no, anyway, we could, we could have yeah. all, fun like that. Uh, they're going on this week. You know, some some people are there, some people are not. We talked about Daniil Hunter who didn't show up, and we don't know why in our last segment. But uh, anybody else not there? I guess Jefferson wasn't there. Uh, Dalvin was Dalvin not there as well? We, I, you know, we... Yeah, no, no Dalvin's uh, Dalvin's not there. Um, Jefferson's not there. I, I mean, it's 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 interesting, you know, um, because it's. Kind of the uh, he he knows he, he knows where he's heading financially he knows where he's yeah so probably the fewer things that he does like this before he gets to me it's kind of a sign that he's probably going to get his extension here I don't know you know that 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 may be something that they that they a grand thing that they do to kick off because uh, I know that when Spielman would sign these guys to contracts that ultimately became bloated and they had to cut them they would usually happen like right at the beginning of training camp you go to Mankato and. Here comes, you know, um, here comes Xavier. Here comes uh, Everson. You know, it's like, you know, the, the parade of guys getting the big yep. front-loaded deals. So, but Jefferson, uh, you know, whatever, you know, he'll be the highest paid receiver. However they work it out, I'm sure he'll be the – and now, uh, you know, now is the time for him to strike. And, you know, I I, I wouldn't imagine that he would have, even though he's on that fifth year, they picked up the fifth-year option at like 19.7, I mean – He's not, I, you know, I'd be stunned. He's not going to play on that, you know. So, so yeah, I would imagine he's like just kind of chilling. He'll be here for the here for the for the rookie camp for the um, mandatory mini camp. Yeah, this stuff uh, probably probably uh, below his pay grade. Well, probably so. And you know, it's it's a. Uh... You know, I, I suppose you don't need to get him out there and get him risk of injury, but I, I feel he's the kind of guy that wants to get out there and 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 do stuff, you know, because he, he seems like a real personal guy amongst his teammates and just to kind of likes football, but uh, probably the, the right move to do. You know, it's, I thought it was interesting this week. I saw somebody complimenting Kirk how, you know, he's been showing up and he does, he's on the last year of his contract and he knows the deal and it doesn't bother him. And he's kind of on a uh, prove it or lose it uh, deal. I mean, they'll, you know, if, if, if he does something extraordinary, they won't want to let him go. I don't know. I, I, I guess I, it's, it's worthy of a, you know, a tip of the hat to Kirk for not being a, a whiny baby about it. You know, and, you know, usually a guy in his position, um, you know, one of the probably top five quarterbacks in the NFC, right now and he, he should be able to grab about this and say well i'm not coming in you guys got to pay me more money anyway you know any thoughts on that got to talk about Kirk. well i also think it's you know he's doing it for his own good as well i mean um <clears throat> not that these are you know the be all end all practices and everything but uh, especially for a guy like kirk who's very process oriented and he could just i feel like it helps him 
have the best season possible by working with Addison, working with, you know, all the new faces and, and just getting as much work as he can, because ultimately he's, you know, he's, Kirk has had a bunch of these in his career, as he talked about, you know, uh, going back to high school, you know, no, you know, having to prove it in high school, having to prove it to come out of college, having to prove it several times, uh, um, betting on himself. So he's betting on himself again. And part of that is being as good as he can be uh, when this season takes place. So either whether he gets paid here or you know, if he has a good, if he, I mean, the best case scenario for the Vikings is you win the Super Bowl and you give Kirk whatever, you know, whatever he needs and worry about it later, you know, right. <clears throat> because you get what you're, you're looking for. Um, but I think, you know, he ends his, you know, if they have a great season, he ends his career here. If he, if he, if it's a terrible season, he's looking, he's going somewhere else. So, but if he has a terrible season, it's obviously he's not going to be a, in, as in high demand. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, what you're asking is, yeah, it's a, I give him credit for that, but I also think it's also helping him. So, yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, the young quarterback Jalen Hall was in town for rookie camp, and he's probably out there right now. Um, did you you were out at you were at the rookie camp? Did did you see him? Throw the ball around. Did were you, what? What are your thoughts on on the guy that's going to unseat Kirk at mid? Oh yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, and and the head coach said this, so it's not me being a bitter old man. So, uh, and and Kevin O'Connell is not a bitter. He's a, he's a happy young man. So, and he he said what he said kind of what I I don't know if other coaches have said this, but I it's kind of what I feel. Uh, sort of jumps out is like the first round draft pick comes in if he's a Justin Jefferson or an Addison or um, not all first round draft picks. Laquan Treadwell didn't come in wowing us, but uh, try Williams. Yeah, he, it, yeah. so uh, O'Connell says afterwards, uh, you know, basically, uh, hey, Addison looked really good. You know, you can tell that he's a little not, I mean, he said it in a kind way, a very culturally friendly, kind way that he said it in. Is basically this guy. There's a reason he's number one draft pick, and all these other guys aren't because it, you know, he, he stood out. You know, he mm -hmm. stood out as a very smooth, um, potentially really good NFL player. Uh, the quarterbacks, on the other hand, and this is a uh, this is not to be, it's not unexpected. But I, I was actually standing next to Judd Zolgan, and he was filming, trying to get a, a, a completion. Now uh, they could, I don't know if he puts it on his website or whatever, um, but. He was filming, and I said, "How's that going for you, Judd?" Because he kept, you know, it was windy too. So here come a duck, you know. And, and there was two quarterbacks. There was a maybe a guy on a tryout basis, yeah. And then uh, the draft pick, and um, so the ball's coming, and it, it's kind of like off, you know, way over someone's head, short. And uh, so we didn't see a lot of completions. They they did not look good, but you know, it's a it was a first, I believe, the first practice. As, as NFL rookies, uh, they don't even know their, the names of the guys they're throwing to yet. So uh, they, they didn't look good. Let's put it that way. So so the first observation of uh, of uh, the draft pick uh, quarterback was he looks like a third-day NFL draft pick. So, Does he look short? I didn't notice him looking short. Because yeah, he's not that big of a dude, right? I mean, quarterbacks, now they come in all, all packages now. That's true. That's true. Um, you mentioned Addison. Uh, what did you see from him in, in what you can tell? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, KOC was complimentary, but uh, do you think? Well, uh, I, I I felt the same thing. I mean, I, he looked very smooth. Um, just, I mean, he was going up against the third round cornerback. Uh, uh, whatever the fat third round. I'm, I'm, I haven't burned him in his my, name into my mind yet. But, you know, even going against a guy that was, you know, pretty good uh, draft pick, uh, he, he just looked good. I mean, he looked smooth. He looked uh, confident. Um, It'd be I mean, nice just to see him this week when he's going against some of the veterans, maybe. Well, he uh, they held him out of practice yesterday. I mean, yeah. They didn't say why. So some sort of injury. Um, I, nothing to be alarmed about at this point, I would think. But uh, he's not practicing when they have the, mani when the, the mandatory – June uh, mini, mini camp, and that's kind of like yeah, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a concern. But he's standing there, so he's not at some specialist uh, where you're going to find out it's a 
sports hernia or some damn thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, they, 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 these, these guys are really good at, at, uh, preserving their players. So, uh, right now, give them the benefit of the doubt that it's not anything major. Uh, I thought it was, uh, interesting coming out of yesterday, uh, some of the, uh, interviews, you know, I did a bunch of group interviews with, with the players as they came off the field and, uh, first Christian Dersaw and then uh, Alexander Madison both had uh, were asked and uh, made comments about the, the defense they're facing uh, this week. Uh, Brian Flores is uh, jumped right out of the gate, according to Dersaw. He, you know, he said uh, Madison. I guess he says they were jumping all around, you know, <laughs> and he says we weren't used to that. And 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 Dersaw says, uh, you know, kind of something kind of telling. He says, yeah, uh, they were throwing this stuff at him right. He goes. Day stuff that might show up on day 15 was showing up on day two uh, from, from the defense. And he said that last year we didn't have that kind of defense coming at us at us. So we weren't really as prepared when we faced some of that stuff on Sunday and uh, Madison called it intense, you know, what, what, what was going on there. So I, you know, for a guy like me, that's hoping, okay, keep that offense going. It's going to be good coming back and then and then improve this defense. I'm excited to hear stuff like that. I mean, it's early, so go ahead and chastise me for that. But uh, that that's uh, coming from someone like Darisau who knows what he's doing out there. It, that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that there's something to it, like whenever you're talking about training camp or, or OTAs or mini camp. But when they get into a seat, I mean – that's a, it's a little alarming and uh, for two reasons. One is, it, granted, the Vikings defense was passive. It was you know four-man rush, and that was it. There wasn't a lot there to surprise people. Uh, the other part is, you know, they they when they get in season, when they get in season, and you're game planning, you're not running Ed Donatell's defense against the offense. You're running, right. you're running a scout team. So now that I would hope that Donatell and and the defensive guys were. Yeah, they weren't running their own defense uh, in season, um, but anymore. So much of this is when you get in season, you don't. They hardly ever wear pads in season. Uh, they hardly ever wear pads in training camp anymore. So it really is. It's become uh, you know, these guys. It's, it's kind of on them to have their bodies ready, their the tempo ready, the speed of the game ready to, to turn it on like a you know like a flip a switch because they don't see a lot of that speed live speed. So I think there's a little bit to it, but I also feel like sometimes these interviews, depending on how the questions ask or, you know, right. Who was, you know, cause you know, part of it's their training, you know, is that, that they just, how they answer questions and stuff, but you can be, they can be led around by the nose, especially in a group setting. It's this uh, was a little more animated though. I mean, just to, I mean, they asked uh, Madison and he said, how was he goes intense? You know, he goes, and I, he says, I wasn't ready for that. He said, I wasn't ready to see all these guys jumping around. He said, I had to get for it to be that intense where he had to start watching where guys were coming from. And there was somebody described one play where it was a pass play and, and uh, Kirk just ended up throwing it in the dirt because he knew he was, <laughs> was going to get drilled. So I'm excited. Well, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 at the risk of, of, of raining on your parade, Joe, Go back and listen to what Kirk Cousins was saying in training camp about Ed Donatell's defense. <laughs> about remember Kirk saying like I would turn you know because the defense was holding the look and and uh, I mean it was all, it was a it was a kind of a couple days story about Kirk and others talking about how you know I, when I get back I'm used to seeing the defense look a certain way and I I, I, I you know how many times they had to throw it in the dirt or throw it away because they were they were just confusing the living crap. Out of Kirk and, and the offense, yeah, so I, remember, I do remember that. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah. I, it, it could be just first I, week, and they they got something new coming at them. Yeah. You're I right. feel like I'm the I'm the driving ed instructor, and I have the I have the brake on my side, Joe. Oh so. my. Okay. Okay. All right. But no, no. But yeah, I, I, there's probably some truth to it in that. Let, let's let's hope let's hope that 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 Flores has the people has the uh, personnel. To to do some things that Dead Donna that begged Ed Donatello to do, especially at home. God. If you can't if you can't use US Bank Stadium in that noise level to your advantage, uh, then you shouldn't be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. 
I just it's exciting to think that you might a person a Vikings fan might want to watch the defense with interest this year. I mean, last year, so many times, all we were doing was sitting on the edge of our seat, biting our fingernails, hoping for they would hang on, you know, and, and somehow get a stop. But, I mean, if they can be the aggressor, which is what it sounds like is a mark of, of Flory's defense or, or and, and confuse the guys behind on the offense, that, that's exciting, you know. And yeah, Neil Hunter should want to play for. Yes, me. Right, and and you know I know I, Zimmer's defense the last two years was not good, but it wasn't because of scheme. It was not you know 2019 they were they were you know when they were healthy and they had their three corners and uh, everyone fit under the cap. That was you know got them to the playoffs. Uh, whenever whenever like uh, Neil Hunter started missing entire years and Everson Griffin. Uh, Disappeared in mid-season because he, you know, uh, had some issues. Uh, whenever um, you know the, they were down to two rookie, having to start two rookie corners, then they were they that defense didn't work. So you got to have the personnel. You got to have the you got to have the uh, the scheme. So Zimmer, uh, you know, I don't think anyone, even the people who don't like him, uh, wouldn't question that he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. Right. Uh, so yeah. The, uh, Flores can have all these great ideas, but they just they need Daniel, they need uh, uh, Davenport to to act like his pedigree, you know, like a first round draft pick. They need these corners to stay healthy. They need the, you know, Asamoah to be a quality linebacker right away. So they've got to, uh, you know, Harrison Smith to have a you know dial back the calendar a few years, and and be that weapon, that multi talented weapon again. One more uh, player that spoke yesterday uh, was Vikings uh, superstar tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, and they were asking him a bit about his impending contract negotiations, which will come up eventually. And, and he, of course, you know, batted it away like most players. And I, and I believe him. That's not what he's out here focusing on. He got people you've hired to do that. But uh, he did say that, uh, he was loving it, getting to know the Twin Cities, and he wants to be here. He definitely wants to be here. And I, and I seem like he seems like a pretty sincere guy. But uh, I mean, you sent me the question: Do they need to get him signed long term to make this trade worth it? Uh, you know, they gave up a lot for the guy, so you know, I think they do got to get more than one or maybe two seasons out of him. I'd, I'd like to see it. He's a heck of a ball player. I mean, when he came in. Immediately, you know, four days later, five days later, he comes in, practices on Wednesday, and he catches nine balls on, on Sunday. And so he was like immediately what Kirk needed. He's a, he's a type of um, plan B or C or whatever option that a guy like Kirk Cousins who wants to process, you know, Kirk, Kirk wants to go through everything, and, and um, he needs that tight end who's going to find that spot. And mm -hmm. this guy does it very well. He's not the best tight end in the league because there's there's two or three guys up there that are his, you know, potential Hall of Famers. But he's still young enough that I feel like, you know, and this is a team that's got a lot of um, things on their to-do list, you know, starting with Daniil and starting and Jefferson and what are they going to do with Kirk, you know, and so that, you know, their, their money situation going forward is, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of tricks. It's tricky to figure out how they how this all works, but I feel like um, you know Hawkinson is a big enough part of that offense to where, hey, it can't be done by just everyone because Irv Smith was a second round pick. We all, hey, you know, this is going to be Irv's breakout year. Irv's got all the tools. Yeah, or Irv couldn't stay healthy. Uh, so it's not not just anyone can do what T.J. Hawkinson's doing. So I think that they need to find a way in order for that. You know, because right now, I'd rather have Hawkinson than whatever they could have gotten in the second round. But in saying that, I you know I think you know had you taken someone in the second round, he, you expect him to last a while. Right. So I would I would yes. hope that Hawkinson lasts a while. Yeah. You know, and he also talked. Someone asked him about, or maybe he just offered <laughs> up, uh, saying Josh Oliver, Oliver is a is a big dude. <laughs> And there's your blocking tight end, which is kind of good. You know, it, you know, top three blocking tight ends in the league. I mean, as much as I'm 
already showing my giddiness over Brian Flores' defense. I'm I'm excited about this uh, this offense coming back. Uh, you know, Josh Oliver. When I look at Josh Oliver and Madison, I mean, I, I don't get excited about Madison as a you know 80 yard touchdown guy, or you know, he's not going to do what I don't think he's going to do what Dalvin did. You know, have that ability to score from anywhere on the field, but you know, how many times does that happen a year? It's yeah, just except for Adrian in in 2012. Three times you know, a like, season. Maybe. Every time you look, every time you look up, Adrian was running down the field. <laughs> um, but you know, to me, it's those third and ones, third and twos, third and inches, third and goal, uh, where you know you needed a guy that just um, maybe moved the pile a little more. And, and you really just, couldn't take out your your nineteen million dollar running back and say, "Okay, we got to You're not going to get this for us." At, I mean, at some point, that's an insult, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then what? And what they also didn't do that was kind of build. Uh, you know, we didn't see Dalvin as this uh, receiving threat that I think they were talking about in the in the yeah. preseason as much as you know. To me, like when they threw a couple screens and he actually gains some yard, you're like, felt yourself thinking, like, when's the last time that you know. He, Alvin had a screen, you know, or something like that. So uh, when you look at Oliver and Madison, like a little more beef um, that, you know, hey, this team needs to convert, you know, some third and ones, third and shorts to stay on the field. Otherwise you're, otherwise you're taking Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and, um, and even Kirk, you're taking them off the field and having them sit, you know, for long stretches. Uh, So yeah, that's an extension it's also an extension of your defense. Whenever you can, you can have an Oliver you know, make a great block and Madison gain a yard and a half on third and one. Yep, you know, that's a that's a big play. Um, it's uh, it'll be excited just to see the changes to this new offense and just see what you know how they with their new personnel what they do differently. You know they they're you know it almost seems like there's more emphasis going to be on the run with the addition of Oliver and the addition or the signing of Madison and we'll we'll see maybe what have you but uh we won't see it today right now we'll take a break and come on back and we will uh talk about some of the other things going on in the NFL so come on back to Vikings territory breakdown all right folks welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown mark craig from the star tribune mark uh, the NFL didn't have a schedule. I mean, didn't have a draft, didn't have a schedule release. My God, what are they going to do to keep our attention, to keep tackling our attention? Um, they always come up OTAs. with OTAs. OTAs, Joe. OTAs. But they also uh, started changing some rules, and they made this big announcement since we last were here about the Thursday night football flex. Um which I think, you know, the way I think the way I understand it is games can switch from Thursday to Sunday and vice versa, which I think is really messed up for those people traveling to the games. But uh, does this, does this really, you know, if if you're going to take games that are good and that you want to uh, uh, highlight on Sunday, does that mean that uh, Thursday night games are just the crap that it is? You know, I mean, you're well, I think it. I think it's the op- I think it's the opposite. I, I think they want to. They want to move better games to Thursday. Really? Yeah. Because they already have. You know, some they'll have their out there. They'll have other good games for Sunday, Monday. They want to take the uh, good games and, and move. Yeah, them but isn't that Sunday. a mistake? I mean, uh, the no, because they want people to watch Thursday. Thursday. It's not. A, it's not a mistake for revenue, but it's a mistake for the the quality of the games. Those games on Thursdays can be just trash because these guys right. are. Well, but they're they're trying to move the better games to Thursday night. Better games, but they might they're going to ruin those better games. Oh well, yeah, that that's a good. Hey, you're thinking like someone. Like you have player safety in mind, Joe. The NFL says they do, but the concept of Thursday night games goes against this. Player safety is number one. It, you can't say player safety is number one and have Thursday night games. But you can't go without Thursday night games because that leaves Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, at least five days, Joe, without the NFL. Can you make it five days without? The I'm year? not sure I can. However, so you know. uh, most people can't. So, and and you might discover like 
you know, bowling or something by then. Uh, so they're, they're worried about that. So they want to keep you. So, but it's from weeks 13 to 17. There is no Thursday night game on week 18. So, and then uh, it was talked about at the owner's meeting um, back uh, a couple months ago. They said no, or they tabled it or whatever, because they only wanted to give 15 days notice. Uh, and I think this one says 28 days. So basically a month. Uh, teams get a month notice to, to change their that, – that it'll be a Thursday night game. So uh, that doesn't really help the guy that's saved his money to, to fly to San Francisco to see a Thursday night game or where, wherever, Seattle, I don't or know. Or make, make a weekend out of it, you know. Yeah, but uh, I think I saw a quote from someone, maybe it was Jerry Jones, uh, that only se- there's like only 7% of their fans oh, have yeah. actually been, been in a stadium – that amazed uh, so, me. That, that amazed me. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, I guess you can give a middle finger to those people because they're not really the ones that are paying. <laughs> they're not paying. They're not. I mean, you may think that your hundred dollar ticket is paying salaries, but it's really the uh, billion dollar TV money that's paying that's everybody's money. Really true, but isn't that putting so, a, a a premium on uh, television viewers over those in stadium got uh, viewers? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent for sure. <laughs> And it's all and they're, and they're, I think they're I think they're willing to even say that you know, I'll, you know. so uh, I mean hey eventually the NFL might I always said the NFL will uh, they won't even play in stadiums because uh, they'll just like uh, do it in a TV studio somewhere in, in Los Angeles and and it'll be like a TV show uh, but I don't know um, sure. but yeah it's, I mean I I'd like I guess I I Hadn't really thought about it as much as you did, as far as like them devaluing that game because um, if players won't be as ready, or there'll be players that won't be able to play. So yeah, that that's yeah. a that's a good point. Uh, but that's like anyway, Leslie. Cool. Good point, Joe. Mm, good Thank point. you. We won't. Uh, that's uh, one. Yeah. Oh, nice guy. Uh, the uh, uh, NFL doesn't give a rat's patootie about any of my good points. So what the hell. You know, they also uh, announced uh, that Peacock uh, streaming service from NBC is going to stream only wildcard games on Saturday night or something like that. And obviously it's a, a bigger deal from ad revenue. Things are changing, obviously, uh, with streaming. But doesn't that put some people you – know, don't you have to go buy the service just to watch those two uh, wildcard games that Peacock is going to get? Well, the, the two teams that are in the the two home the two markets that are in the game, well, I, I will will be able to watch it uh, without getting the streaming. Service. They will, but okay. but everyone else has to go and pay their, you know, with a lot of these things. It's like uh, when my kids would bring home magazine subscriptions, you you'd be like, oh four bucks, but it may you may that may be something that you're paying for the rest of your life because you can't find out how to cancel it. You know, mm-hmm. so I think streaming services, at least uh, the the ones I have are easier to cancel. So, you know, to me, that's basically, unless you get hooked on something on Peacock or whatever, um, you know, you, you get it, you know, you pay you four ninety nine a month or whatever it is, and then cancel it after that. I, I don't see, I just see that as that's, that's the wave of the future. That's just how, that's yeah. just how it's going to be. Uh, there was an NBA game that was on uh, a Cavs game that I wanted to watch and I was flipping through and then I Googled it and, they were on the NBA TV, NBA TV or whatever, where yep. you had to pay for it. And I just said, ah, screw it. I'm not, wasn't yeah, a big I, enough game. I, I, uh, the past two years, I have, uh, as soon as the, the Viking season ended, um, I started, I went and subscribed to last year it was direct TV. This year it's, uh, Valley sports just to get the wolves in the wild. And I, you know, paid for them until, uh, they both got knocked out of the playoffs. And I see, that, you know, that that worked well. This year it was much better because it was, you know, it was only 20, 21 bucks a month where last year for DirecTV it was 92 bucks a month. So I was happy about that. And then I just got rid of them for, until I, until next year. But uh, I heard I thought Bally's was uh, looking to restructure or, you know, might be in bankruptcy. I don't know if that's true. But somebody said that. Well, and I can see yeah. why. But. I think both sides should, should figure this out because, uh, you know, I have Hulu and I haven't seen a Twins game or a Wolves game nope. or a Wild game. 
you know, unless they make the playoffs and then you watch it. But, you know, frankly, you know, the, from the team standpoint, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a fence sitter. I, you know, I'm not going to watch you. So you lost me. <clears throat> you lost my interest. And Hulu is losing people who go to Apple TV or whatever it takes to get those right. games. So the two yeah. sides are losing, I think. So, you know. I, yeah, I but it, we've come a long way from. I remember what was the '82 or '83 uh, NBA championship was on uh, tape delay. <laughs> it was like came on after the news or something. I don't know what, because I remember it was like the Sixers and the and the Lakers. Uh, Might have been Magic's first year or whatever. But I can remember that you know the NBA finals weren't on live. Miracle on Ice was on tape delay and it was cut up. They took sections out of it. Where nothing happened. I mean, the, the game against the Russians. Can you believe? We had waited all day for this to come on, and we walked, we walked through the bar over to our buddy's house. Up, I was in college at the time, just to sit down to watch the game. And as we're walking through, he goes, "The USA won." Dude. And just think that that entire that entire stadium was watching the game because they weren't on their phone. Uh, <laughs> they, they, the world, the world looked up. We we looked up at the world, Joe. Whole new world. Uh, another rule change is the kickoff rule changes that uh, uh, last year, you know, rather than just booting the ball out of the end zone, uh, teams were, were doing kind of a pooch high kick where it would come down in the field of play and you'd try to tackle them before they got to the 25 to keep them from getting those whole 25 yards on a touchback. But it apparently ran in, you know, there's that football or player safety issue. So the, the NFL decided the owners changed it by a, by a large margin of the vote to be able to fair catch or take a knee after you catch it in play. And uh, I think, can you move it up to the 25 then? Yeah. If you do that, yeah. well, that's, you know, kind of like the college rules. So that, that was, that's kind of interesting. I guess I, I understand it. They say that that kickoff is one of the most dangerous plays in the game for concussion. So I understand it, but uh uh, don't uh, do you, I think you were saying that it's gonna they're gonna get kick, get rid of kickoffs? Well, you know they 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 thought they got rid of it with the last rule, right? But what happened? And and one team that was exceptional at doing this was the Vikings, and Matt Daniels would kick it to the and Joseph. You'd have Joseph drop it on the one, and then you had you know outstanding special teams guys like Brian Asamoa. I mean, I, I do these five extra points on games. I like, twice was tackles by Brian Osimo on special teams where he, I mean, he came out of nowhere and just about decapitated one of the, with a legal hit, you know, hitting the chest and everything tackles a guy at the five yard line on a kickoff. And, you know, just how, uh, I mean, I wish I had more room to write about it because it was like just how much they work on where to drop it and, and who, you know, cause uh, Osimo was like, you know, it's up to, you know, uh, ham or, or these other guys that take out this block or that blocker and he has to shoot through the middle. So it's all choreographed. So they got around that rule by pooching it and tackling guys inside the 10. The Vikings were extraordinary at that, especially early last year. Well, what this does is it takes that out because the guy will just catch it at the one and fair catch it. And then it, so this effectively kills, I, I would imagine there, there's no way around it now. Uh, Cause Unless you, unless a guy catches, does you have a like maybe Awangu? He, he's got three touchdowns in two years. Maybe they give him the green light to catch it at the one and take mm-hmm. off. But how many people are you going to do that with? Uh, now they thought that you know guys wouldn't return it from nine yards deep. Yeah, and they started doing that, uh, and then now they're you know or then teams started kicking to the one or the two or whatever. Uh, so you know there'll be a time probably maybe not in our lifetime, but it'll be. Uh, there'll be some old timer who's now like 25. We'll say what time's kickoff. And they're going to go, what's a kickoff? And there'll be stories written about kickoff. This, this term originates when the NFL used to kick a ball and the other team would, you know, and they're like, what? It they didn't start at the 20. You know, what are they going to call it? You know? it they're going to say, they're going to say, uh, what time's whistle? What time's the whistle or something? Cause yeah, this, this, this kills it. But it, to me, uh, you know, they say the numbers and everything, but I I just have it's more illusion. It's more the illusion of caring than it is actually. 
I don't have any study on that, but I just feel like, you know, it's one of, well, you know, we're taking care of the kickoffs. Meanwhile, hey, in 28 days, you got to play a Thursday nighter that you didn't know about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't buy it. It's an exciting play. I like the kickoff, and I, I but I, I'm not the target audience anymore. Yeah. I agree with you. There was one other announcement that came out this weekend that the Packers are going to <clears> – Green Bay is going to host the 2025 NFL draft. And as I tweeted, that will probably be the first year that the ever that the NFL draft was held in the town where the team had the first overall pick. Oh, some shade, whether it comes wow. from or from of their own making. Uh, that's what I hope anyway. Is it – they get next year's or – I don't know. I don't know what they get. I, would, it, it, I think it's 2000, 2025. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it, it is so this will be that'll be Love's second year. Didn't you say that? Didn't Rogers win his Super Bowl like second, third year? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. After soon as uh, uh, one year gone, after once uh, Favre went to the Jets and he didn't do it that year, and then the Vikings came and went, and then it was so it would have been his third year as a as the starter. Well, as long as they keep it out of here, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be uh, when it's here, then it's going to have to write a, have to be a lot of stories about things that just maybe I'll be the one that goes and stands in the middle. Cause I've always wanted to know when they show that aerial, the guy that's in the middle and the bathrooms are on the edges. Like what, what do they do? You're, you're only there to drink beer and what, cause you're, you're not there just to have them watch and read names. So you're there to drink beer and you're there to boo and heckle oh, uh, Goodell. So where do, where do you go to the bathroom? Do they have a flask that they uh, catheter, or what, what do you do? I, oh, I Packer fans have covered that issue for many years. I, I'll I'll have to do a I'll I'll social distance when I do those interviews because I don't want to be within six feet of someone. I'm asking where they're going to the bathroom. So <laughs> um, with that, I think we're done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One more point. Uh, I don't know how to segue to this, but uh, Vikings said so long to Bud Grant this week at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. They had a big celebration of his life there and had a number of dignitaries. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure there was some plenty of good stuff that was said about him. The guy is, was uh, as many stories as he could tell. There were stories to tell about him. So did you, you, you take away anything from that uh, that event? Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't go to it, um, but, uh, you know, Mike Grant's, uh, his, his son, steals the show in a lot of ways. I mean, Bud Grant had a sense of humor uh, that I don't think a lot of people, you know, knew about or, or maybe they did, but because they, but, you know, what's the shame of it is a lot of these stories are just going to get lost through time because there are no, you know, that, there's no one that really plays today that you're going to have, I don't think you're going to have like old time stories where you're like, wow, that's really cool or. Yeah. Uh, but like, like, well, when, uh, when Joe Cap passed away and I was talking to Patrick Royce about what he was going to write, what I was going to write. And Patrick's like, ah, yeah, I miss Bud. This would have been, Bud would have been great on Joe Cap. You know, so you lose that, uh, that ability to call a 95 year old, like walking, talking encyclopedia of, of football and, and have him share things. And, uh, you know, Mike Grant was telling some stories about that. And, and one was, uh, Bud's under understated nature with Bud would have looked at this thing and said, you know, he would have seen the sun coming through the plexiglass and said, what are you doing here? Why aren't you at the cabin? You know, so, uh, you know, Bud, Bud will be missed just like uh, all these other guys that we've, we've that we've lost, uh, you know, Freddie Zamber, these guys that could tell stories and you could talk to and just and a lot of them. Uh, yeah. Just get a feeling for what it was like uh, back, you know, where these guys stand now, where Justin Jefferson, where he's getting ready to make probably the most money, certainly by a receiver in NFL history. And to think, you know, uh, he stands on their shoulders. And most of the guys, you know, the, the great ones today appreciate that. But there's a lot of guys playing this game that probably don't appreciate it and don't even know don't have a the history of the league. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. If, if Justin Jefferson has the, is the highest paid receiver getting a pass from formerly, formerly the highest paid quarterback. They better complete some of those. Do you think some of those passes? Yeah. Well, yeah, I give him a chance. Cause uh, as, in the, as Buffalo, the Buffalo game shows, uh, he's got a pretty big catch radius. So uh, give him, give him more opportunities. That's that's right. Um, well, uh, y'all have the opportunity to uh, 
come back next week. Thanks for showing up here and checking us out. We'll be back next week to talk about more of this. Thanks to Mark Craig. Thanks to Mike Walden behind the scenes and uh, our old buddy Joe Johnson up in heaven who's looking down on us and making sure we do this well. Thanks to you all. So, folks, thanks. We'll see you next time on the Vikings Territory Pot Breakdown Podcast. Until then, skull. Skull.